Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 2. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the Private Security Professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective Executive Protection Agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers with another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I've got an honored guest here, uh, Jerry Jacobs, formerly leading the California Governor's Detail. We're going to talk about something that I think doesn't get spoken about enough in our industry, um, and I'm really excited about it. We're going to talk a little bit about leadership and service and things of that nature. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Outstanding. Um, you know, I remember hearing your name here and there. There were a few times when I would ask, um, you know, people, you know, bigger players in the industry, like, who do I need to have on the show? Who do you recommend? And your name kept coming up. Um, and then I finally met you at, I think, one of the close protection conference. We kind of ran into each other a few times. So I've been meaning to catch up with you and shout out. To everyone else in the industry, there are still so many amazing people in our industry that I've been meaning to catch up with, and I just haven't. So don't think I don't like you, or don't think I'm I'm not a tribalist in this industry. I don't. I I want everyone from every different compartment and the shadow compartments that probably won't even take the interview because they're trying to hide. They're doing that because they have the gray man thing down, and that's their flow. I want everyone to contribute, but um. It's been, it's an honor to finally be able to get this thing done for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's really, uh, you know, my honor. Uh, I, I've been following you for a while, uh, watching all the, the really great people you've interviewed, learned so much. Um, yeah, I'm excited to just join the conversation with you. It's very exciting for me. Outstanding. No, that means a lot. That really means a whole lot. You know, I'm just trying to make my contributions, you know, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. It's turned out to be an amazing thing. And I remember when I was starting out and I was 21 and I was on this, you know, and I found myself on a detail and we're traveling and my client believed in me. He's like, he's an Iraq vet, like, come on, hop on the jet. Let's do this thing. And I remember being like, what, uh, like, what do I do? You know? And I, uh, it was hard to really find high quality information. And if it wasn't by the grace of God and some great mentors, um, I, I could have had some catastrophic meltdowns, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it, there's this thing, a lot of times when you're starting out, a lot of people are just like, Hey, fake it till you make it. And, mm-hmm. and that works for a bit until something bad happens. And suddenly the house of cards crumbles down and, and you're like, uh, I don't know what to do. Help yeah. me. Yeah, no, exactly. And so that's, you know, it's really been one of my goals with this podcast is to help professionals, um, learn by our examples and our, our mistakes and our experiences. Um, so it's, it's really been an honor to be able to do these things. Um, so, you know, going into my first question, the, the question that I always like to ask is, uh, who are you at your core? 
Sorry, I'm sure you've yeah. heard this before. <laughs> yeah, no, no. As a fan of your podcast, I, I've heard you ask this question a bunch of times from, from people that, that I know and respect, my own mentors. And I was thinking about anticipating this question and, and I tried to come up with some kind of, you know, cool guy description of, of all these things. And, and I just some, realized some stoic yeah, one liner yeah. or something. You know? Right. You know, uh, and I just realized I didn't have the credibility if I came up with that. It just wouldn't sound real. And so then I kind of searched, you know, my, my thoughts and, and made me think, you know, who, who am I at my core? And I, and I come to realize what I've spent my life up until this point is really as just a servant. Um, it doesn't sound very cool and, and it can be looked down upon, but I, I realized that um, that's really who I am. I, I, when I got out of high school, I joined the military and, and uh, military service. I was in service to, um, you know, my branch, the, the people I worked worked with, uh, my country, and even the people I, I met around the world. I, and then shortly after the military, I got into law enforcement, which is it, service, right? It, it, it really is what it should be. And then now I, I'm in protective service, uh, which right in the name that, that um, yeah, it, it's, there's a bit of, of service that doesn't get uh, focused on enough that, that we deliver a service. And that's really who I am at my core. Outstanding. I am. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think deserves taking pause and kind of digging into a little bit, because I feel like, you know, the servant, we hear servant leader thrown around, but I think that being a servant isn't always honored the way it should be. You know, I think that people that impact this world the most are servants. I think the strongest of us, you know, we gain strength and power and influence in order to serve, you know, if, if, if we really want to make an impact. Um, then I think, you know, also the people that we remember are the people that, that served us. And it's, uh, it's very, it can be selfless, but in so many ways, it can be extremely validating and extremely um, a way that you can live your life that can actually bring you a lot of self-esteem is having the ability to serve people and help people and empower people. It's, it's, it's a beautiful kind of paradox, I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you, if you search kind of through your memories of, of all the people that impacted your life, um, there, there, you can kind of see what service they provided to you. Maybe it was a lesson, maybe it was education, maybe it was a job, maybe it was some time, uh, money you needed to get you started, but uh, they certainly didn't have to do that. And uh, they did it to, to help us, to, to, to provide that service, to get us further in, in life for whatever success that is. So, yeah. That's awesome. I just did a podcast with a buddy of mine who I, uh, Sandile is his name. He's in South African. He's a Zulu. We call him our Zulu warrior, right? But he, uh, this guy legitimately didn't have, he would save up all year to come when we would come to South Africa to be our guy. Like, you know, you have a different guy for each area and he was our guy oh, yeah. in South Africa. We had no idea. He was saving up all year. He would show up. He was sharp. He was fit. He looked healthy. Um, and he just had a servant's heart. Anything we needed done, he'd get it done. Any, and he was sleeping in his car sometimes overnight during the details. And I just found this out. I've known this guy for a decade. I just found this out on the podcast the other day. And by being a servant, by being willing to do whatever it takes and the grace of God, he worked his way onto our detail, ended up yeah. coming back to California, 
and carved the name out in a place for himself in this industry. Now he's running teams in South Africa and he's being honored for what he's been able to do and what he can do just by literally being dedicated to yeah. service in all the weird ways that you need service when you're on sure. AP detail. Yeah. Powerful. You know, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like the miracle of service, man. I, I watched him just, you know, change his life. Um, so it's it's a powerful thing. I just want to take a minute to honor that. Yeah. Um, what do you think, you know, what what excited, what was the etiology, this drive inside of you? Where did it come from? Um, where would you say that? Yeah, I, I've thought about this long before this podcast uh, of what drove me to the career path I've had. And, um, and I think I've got a very good handle on it. I I grew up in a small town, one stoplight town in Oklahoma. I I was like a country boy. Um, and my mother was a nurse and in this town I grew up in, there was no hospital, but there was a clinic she worked at. And then, you know, back then doctors would still make house calls, but before the doctor would go out, they would send my mother to these, you know, farmhouses and visit these, you know, sick people kind of all over the region. Well, she was kind of scared to go by herself. So she would always take me along when I was eight, nine, 10 years old. And I would see my mother take care of these people that, that she didn't know maybe at all, or maybe very little. And I didn't real, realize it at the time, but it, it kind of soaked into me the service she was providing and helping people. And I, I grew up in the 80s and that was, you know, the, the, the heyday of the action hero. And, and I wanted to be, you yeah. know, like that, you know, because I was just influenced by, by that. So I didn't want to go into the medical field, so, but I did want to provide a service. And, and the easiest way for me to do that is I joined the military and got the heck out of there. And that really fueled that drive as I was uh, a young adult going through that. And it just kept me. Uh, focused on, I, I want to help people and, and serve them and, and do something bigger than myself. That's awesome. You know, I, there's definitely some congruence there, you know, and it could, yeah, because I grew up with my mom too. And um, she would have us go to like old folks' homes and soup kitchens on the holidays and things like that. And it was amazing. And then growing up Christian, I'd always be like, well, I know I'm a warrior. And I remember being like, well, father, like, what am I going to do? how can I serve, you know, like, is it even evil to be a warrior? Like, is this not good? You know, and, you know, through our relationship, he kind of helped me see where, you know, the use of warriors have been in, in, in life and in the world. And then ultimately culminating to me, joining the Marine Corps for all those reasons, you know, being an able-bodied man and being ready to serve. And it's very interesting how that's, how that works. You know, we, it almost has like a softer feminine stigma, like a softer stigma, but it's a really powerful thing, especially if you can serve from a place of ability, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the good thing about the military, especially, you know, when, when you're kind of adrift, you know, mm-hmm. when where you're young, you're, you're 18, 19, and you don't really know where you want to go. Um, the military, at least for me, and I, and I think maybe other would show that it helps you kind of get focused. It, it kind of shows you, uh, for the most people, sometimes they go wrong. It kind of directs you to maybe your true north or your calling and it, get, and it exposes you like, okay, I've seen these things. This is who I want to be and what I want to do. And uh, it gives us direction. Certainly did for me. Yeah, hundred percent. That is one of the things I talk about in my book, Finding Meaning After the Military. You build this engine and you build, um, 
we kind of build all the internal capabilities to be focused and disciplined and driven uh, to go after something in life and to suffer for something, like to work yeah. towards something and stay uncomfortable until you, <laughs> you know, you got to do the thing to do the thing to have the power to you can become yeah. the man, you know. Um, so that I, I, I'm very glad that I had the military to do that. And I think a lot of guys that grew up without fathers and things like that too, you know, it's a, it's a big, huge thing to get back from any choice in your vocation. You know, it's like such a huge thing. Yeah. So no, that's, that's really awesome. Let's see. What is your, your mission these days? Uh, nowadays, my mission is pretty, uh, pretty close to my, my, <laughs> my former mission. Uh, I'm still in service. I retired from the, the highway patrol a few months ago and uh, um, I had, hey, what's next? Uh, still pretty young. So uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be uh, hired by a biotechnology firm uh, to work in their protective services uh, program. And so now I'm an operations manager where I'm, I'm building uh, a, a protective services team, uh, identifying and developing um, ways to, to make that program better so super excited about that outstanding that's the razor's edge biotechnology this is kind of a world now where that digital realm is so expansive i think there's a lot of room for private security operators to dive into that stuff um so that sounds like you're in the right you're at the razor's edge man what would you say about the expansion into the digital realm? Like, what do you see and what do you feel will happen? You know, it, uh, you know, it's good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, technology is a force multiplier. It makes us uh, a more effective, more powerful, better at things. But, mm -hmm. you know, the other side of that is, is when you get, you know, overly dependent on that, if it some, mm -hmm. somehow doesn't work right, we lose those, those, uh, those skills or forgotten skills. Mm -hmm. uh, that that we still it's like we you got to keep in tap with the with the original skills but continue to build on the embrace technology when i first got into uh law enforcement many many moons ago was right when everything was kind of being computerized my first office had uh computers in their cars which is kind of new and i remember the old timers you know that were probably younger than me now but they would talk about, you know, viruses and thing. They would always hold up their, their pencil and they go, this is, they'd say, kid, this has never gotten a virus. I can always use this. I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, all right, grandpa. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, and now there's some truth to that. Yeah. And there's some truth right. to that, but I, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited about technology and, and how yeah. we're developing and, and where we can go. I mean, right now we're, we're using, we're, we're, uh, using technology to uh, communicate and educate and share stories. So yeah, uh, good thing. Yeah. It's, it's, they, there's two sides to every coin, you know, it's like, there's just two sides to all of it. I think, um, I remember one of the guys that was kind of like a mentor to me, he was a hood dude and he was, you know, he, he, he'd been working the acting and singing flow for quite a bit. And then, uh, what did he say? He was like, you know what? I mean, I think I asked him something about social media or something. And he was like, you know what? If it can be coded, it can be decoded. <laughs> and I legitimately, me and my buddy who was there to this day, who was there with me when he said, we always look at each other whenever something weird comes up. We're like, if it can be coded, it can be decoded, man. Cause it's, that's the truth. That Heck is yeah. the truth. 
you know, and it's, uh, it gives us great, great power. You know, I, I read another quote that was like, the people that will win in this period of time we're going into aren't necessarily the people that can hold everything inside, but the people that learn to manage all of the resources at their fingertips. And I think that goes both ways. It cuts both ways. Uh, but, you know, there's something to be said for, hey, can you operate without it? And then there's a lot to be said for, do you have the efficacy to be as efficient as the tools allow you to be, you know? Right. So there's like no, you know, you, there's no, you can't be a monk about it, you know, right. <laughs> you know, in either direction, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I know some people that, that uh, uh, kind of hate technology and, and, mm -hmm. and, and they shun it and, and they believe that, you know, if, if you just have the original skills, uh, you know, for, from, you know, 40 years ago, which I respect. I mean, I honestly don't right. know how this job was done with a phone book and, and, and all those things. But uh, I, I do think, you know, like I said before, you get to embrace some of it. You can't uh, have that the only thing to do, but, you know, you, you got you to gotta know at least how to read a roadmap, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. So what, uh, real quick for everybody, what's your tactical background, sir? Oh, my, my yeah, tactical what, background. You know how it is in the industry. Yeah. Well, so what's your background, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, tactical wise, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, super cool. I've done some tactical stuff over the years. I, I was uh, originally in the, in the military. I was an intelligence specialist uh, in the Navy uh, working on a, a Gator freighter, big uh, flat deck helicopter carrier carrying around Marines, getting them over to the Middle East, you know we taxi them there. So not really anything super special. Um, later in, in life, when I got in the military, I was a little younger, um, did some tactical stuff. I was on the, the SWAT team for a few years, part of the uh, counter assault team, uh, supporting protection at that point. I wasn't full on protection, but doing the cat thing. And then I've just always tried to stay uh, tactically aware, right, uh, of, of things going on, so. Yeah. Nothing, nothing super special, just a, no, no, just a guy. But then, but then you went to CHP and then the governor's detail. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let you off the hook that. How yeah, long no, were you yeah. with the CHP? What was that like? 30? Okay, yeah. Uh, God, uh, 26 and a half years. Wow. Yeah, 20, 26 years just, just wrapped up. Did a lot of uh, different things for them. Super, super uh, lucky to have the career I did. Um, with them, I, I did everything uh, I absolutely wanted to do. And uh, from, like I mentioned, SWAT team, uh, investigations, you know, uh, canine handler for several years. Uh, I was lucky enough to, I ran the canine program for uh, statewide for uh, years. I, I worked, uh, uh, I was a state narcotics agent for a while, working uh, narcotics in San Francisco area. And then pretty much the last uh, portion of my career for seven and a half years, I was on the governor's detail uh, as a supervisor, a manager. And at, at the end of it, I was uh, the, the commander of it. So man, had a good, had a good run. Good to go. That's That's awesome. I was like, I was like, yeah, man, no, you, <laughs> I can't, can't let you off the hook that easy. You're a humble guy. I appreciate it. What, uh, what would you say about, um, do you use, you know, within the spectrum of what you've done is naval intelligence or even with um, the CHP, do you see any things that you use from those prior lives or experiences that you've had? 
You know, uh, I, I, I actually do. You know, when uh, it, it started off, you know, in intelligence school uh, a yes. long time ago, which is kind of a weird thing, intelligence school. But, <laughs> right. but yes. you know, basically, you know, when you're giving a brief to, you know, admirals or captains or, or fighter pilots or Navy SEALs and all those things, you, you have this, you know, uh, knowledge that you're kind of the gateway to. Right, right. That, that, that all this secret, top secret, you know, stuff that they want to know and they ask you for it. You're the point of contact to go, hey, you know, it, where are the bad guys at? And, and you're expected to have access. You're not expected to know it right then, but you're trained to, to say, if you didn't have it right then, to say, um, I'll get back to you, sir. I will get you the information you need. So you were expected to have a good working knowledge, but a lot of times right. they'll, you know, ask you something tactical that you just don't have, but you've got to know where to get the information and be able right. to, you know, sir, I don't have that information right now, but I will get back to you and you better follow up with it. And that was kind of my basis for the rest of my life, you know, from learning that as a teenager to especially now, because it was a lot of threat-based uh, knowledge uh, collection and analyzing and, and you would get information. What, what does this mean? Put these uh, disparate uh, puzzle pieces together, right? You can see the hands and, and you put it together and you kind of see the, the full picture, right? If, if you had a, a jigsaw puzzle, if you look at a piece, you may not know what it means, but by the time you put all these little different pieces together, you can see the picture that it makes. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, what I, what I, a foundation of, of where I'm at now. Wow. Start. It's wild how things come full circle. That's yeah, awesome. it really I does. I like that piece about sir, ma'am, you know, I'll find that answer for you. This is, this is, this is solid executive protection game. This is like, I think I heard Aaron Malden say the other day, he's like, you got 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> client calls, texts you, he's like, whatever, you got 10 minutes, you better respond. And then I, I meant to make a training day field note on it. It was so yeah. good. Um, and yeah. then also, yeah, like the follow through and the follow up on those things is, a great way to maintain integrity with the clients. I feel yeah. bad when guys try to try to try to fudge it. You know, it's like, man, lies have short lifespans yeah. and just dive in, man. Just get them the right information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've been busted with that a couple times, and I yeah. really learned my lesson because uh, uh, one person, uh, the 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 first lady, I'll tell you, she was a fact checker. So if, oh, if no. you said something, <laughs> she would, she would fact check you. Yeah. And, uh, it's like set and, you up. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a setup. They would actually, um, ask a question you want to, want to, want to know. And mm -hmm. I remember answering with stuff I thought was, you know, I'd heard or something like that. And, uh, man, she'd fact check me. Go, nah, yeah, actually you're wrong. And it wasn't mean spirited, but she just wanted to say, like, Hey, you know, kind of educate me that, when you provide information, you want to be pretty sure, you know, don't just answer what you think it is, do a little work and, and I'll get back to you, sir, ma'am, and, and get it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank God she, she used it as teachable moments, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, that's graceful. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it helps us yeah. all grow, you know, because other yeah. parts of the industry, it's, uh, We've seen it. We've seen it be catastrophic. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's good to go. Um, and then we, you know, with your bio, it looks like you've been to a lot of really high-powered schools, high-level schools. 
what would you say are the differences or what stands out about the schools you've gone to or what schools should professionals that are looking to get into different parts of the industry maybe look at? Yeah, so yeah, I have been to a lot of schools and, and the, the reason I kept going to different stuff because I want to I want to learn as much as I can. You know, right. I was in a, a law enforcement uh, protective detail. I went through our own protective school, but I wanted more information because um, I, I want to be a professional, right? Professionals right. never stop learning. And I can tell you, I have yet to find the perfect all-knowing school. I mean, I, I, I've, like I said, state schools and military training, the state department, uh, all these private sectors, they're, they're all good. Mm -hmm. uh, I've yet to attend one that is bad, but okay. nothing is complete. To answer your question, um, I would do my research. If I was new coming into the industry, and you see it a, a lot on, on the different uh, Facebook groups and things, you'll, you'll see this question come up, hey, what, what school should I go to? Right. And then you will see, you'll see the... the um, yeah, you'll see the haters. You'll yeah. see the the the, the kind of the, the fanboys of their school or whatever has got the latest marketing. Oh, it sounds good. Or or this right. uh, this school accepts GI Bill, so I'm gonna go do there. That. Yeah, right. The or tribalism. Hear, the yes, tribalism, tribalism starts up. The gangs. <laughs> or, or 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 you know you'll you'll hear you know the people that uh, will say, eh, just get a job and they'll send you to the school they want to. Mm. Um, you know, for me personally, when, when I would hire people on, on my, my detail, I would look for people that would go out there and, and, and invest in their own training ahead of time, right? Because that shows me passion that they that they want to be on my detail or, or do that. Because, you know, I would always, um, guys would say, hey, I've always wanted to do this job my entire career. And I'd say, well, it's kind of weird because I don't see any protective service training in your background. Right. Mm -hmm. So if this is your long time goal, why have you had invested in any kind of training? And they say, oh, well, I'm waiting for the department to pay for me to go to Ooh, training. Red flag. <laughs> Boom. That tells me right there. You are not passionate about it. It's like, yeah, I'll do it if someone else is paying it. When people are passionate about something, they will they will read articles. They will get on the Internet. They'll read books. They'll go to training. They'll put their own money to be good at that. So back to your question, what I, I would do is I would go to the best training I could afford, mm. right? So the, the, I would do as much research as I could. What is the best training in my budget? I would not sell my house or uh, put my family in debt to go to some you know, high powered school. I would do it later when I could afford it, mm -hmm. right? If that was, a, if that was you know, the Harvard or whatever it was, uh, yeah, and I had the disposable income at that point, yeah, I'd want right. to attend it, but I would go to the best one I could afford. Well, and you got to do some research on that, right? You got to, right. you know, eyeball it and and uh, talk to some people and uh, that are credible, right? And that you've got some level of trust from, and go, hey, what do they recommend? What would they do? And and um, yeah, if you can afford it, then then that's what I, I would do. And then I, and never stop, right? Exactly. I think there's some wisdom in that. Make sure these guys hear that. Invest in yourself. Employers are looking to see if you're investing in yourself and your intelligence and your growth. Right. That's huge. And those are the guys we want. We want guys that <clears throat> take pride in what they do. They take pride in themselves. And they're always a student. They're always learning. And they take the craft seriously. They don't just think they're going to just hang out and be cool because of what 
their background is or yeah. where they come from or something they know everything now is these are right. you know when you're looking through the resume like you're like they give you the resume and you're looking into what it really means and you're <clears throat> trying to understand the character of the person behind the paper right yeah. yeah and and as you know i mean uh resumes are are, are just words on paper they really right. you know they, they uh they may be true they may be kind of true they may be completely false so right. yeah it's not always accurate yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's yeah. like i'm looking at i'm looking at your um best work product and i'm speaking to you during the honeymoon period to see, <laughs> to see, you know, what we can understand about each other, essentially. Yeah. yeah, we were, we were always lucky that we were able to do temporary assignments when, when yeah. we'd interview people, we would always try to do a 30 day, 60 day, even that is not long enough because people could be on their best behavior in 30 days. Right. Usually in about six, eight months when in there, then it's like, ah, now I, I discovered that's who you are. Who you are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I got yes, you. Right. No, that's true. Um, what would you say was your biggest takeaway from the governor's detail? I had uh, some success. I mean, I was there for, for long enough and, and I definitely had um, failures. But my biggest takeaway is that, that out of all that is you've got to get outside of your head and the heads of your immediate circle, right? Because it, especially in law enforcement, um, you can have what I call institutional ego to mm. where you're the best because you say you're the best. And uh. everyone you talk to is telling you, well, we're the best because of this. It's like, you know what? We haven't been doing this for, for that long or we, we're doing this almost the same thing we've been doing for 20 years. We haven't really updated the program. And so you need to look outside of uh your your sphere of influence and i see that to where we're like oh we well we you know we're doing what we're doing and, and i checked with you know the the nevada highway patrol or or the yeah. texas but it's virtually the same thing and there's a lot of incestuousness there that, that you're training you're receiving the training from the same people and you can you, you get this kind of group think and um so one of the things i did almost right after I settled in uh, and luckily for me, I had a boss that allowed me the, uh, the ability to move around. I reached out to the private sector hmm. and uh, specifically, we were very fortunate that, uh, you know, Silicon Valley's in, in California and there's a, a lot of uh, innovative, smart people out there. And right. um, I, I said, Hey, you know, I think my first trip to China, I, I had reached out to a guy I had met at, uh, uh, at a conference before it was IPSB. It was called uh, EPC or Epic. And I met him there and, and uh, yeah, I said, hey, tell me about this and that. And um, yeah, it, it, you gotta reach outside your, uh, you know, your, your group. It, it, it's really not necessarily in, in your comfort zone. And then certainly if you're a leader, there'll be pushback from, you know, the people you, you uh, work with because they're comfortable, right? Right. Uh, I, uh, I remember uh, sending um, a couple of guys down to uh, this, this detail to look at their operation, their uh, residential security team and some things like that. And, you know, one of the guys, uh, one of the little uh, informal leaders in my team was like, oh, so we're going to go learn how Google does things like that. Very derogatory. Yeah. And uh, I heard back to I go, well, it's not Google, but, you know, if they'd let us go learn from, we should because... Right. 
you know, they're, they're pretty innovative. And, and if we're going to say we're the best, then maybe we should, you know, prove it by, by sharing information and growing and kind of uh, benchmarking. Yeah. You know? No, I think yeah. that's wisdom uh, completely, totally. Because we see, I believe we see that kind of tribalistic our way is the only way, the best way all over the industry, you know, and I've, especially since doing this podcast and interviewing different people around certain things that I was always taught were like, no, never do that. And never do this and never, that. I've really had my eyes open to, well, for some guys, actually, this makes pretty yeah. good sense to be like this or to right. use this term or like to take this approach. And I'm like, hmm. you know, and then I've, I've really had my eyes open to crushing a lot of dogmatic and like tribalistic ideologies that have like seated themselves inside me as a professional I think that's that's wisdom and then I have one buddy who's like really good at everything like he's just really good at everything and I'm always like I'm gonna go train with this guy and he's like what are you yeah. doing and then he's like what are you gonna learn from him I'm like I'm gonna learn so I can learn from anybody okay yeah I can learn from any situation that happens in life it's a matter of perspective and keeping the cup half empty you know, and, and I'm like, I want to learn from as many professionals as I can so I can have these tools to choose from, you know, because situation dictates tactics. And I ain't got a crystal right. ball, man, <laughs> you know, and I know I'm not that smart. You might be, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm always like, let's get after it, man. Yeah. You know, you know, when you, when you were around certain people and you talk about, uh, you know, tactics or techniques, you know, some people will go, well, you know what, I'm, I would never do that because I'm, we only run one man details or this yep. or that. And it's like, you know, you can even talk about motorcades, like I'm, I'm solo. I'd never run a two car, three car. Like, yeah. well, well, what if your protectee got in with another protectee and now you're following them? That's a two car motorcade. You should oh, know how to day. safely follow and do things. And, mm -hmm. you know, you come together and suddenly you are a three man, four man, but more than anything, um, you, to be a professional, you should, study all levels right, right? because if if you're a, a doctor and you may specialize in in you know some form of medicine pretty much the doctor also knows about other forms of medicine he knows a working knowledge of it, it may not be his specialty but he kind of knows about it and he continues <clears> to learn <throat> reads the journals and that's if this industry wants to be a professional industry and, and we want to be professionals and we have to uh, seek out more knowledge just constantly growing and the exposure to different topics and, and, and fringe ideas, you know, to, okay, I never thought about that. I, you know, I may not do that. It may not work for me, but I'm glad I know about it and, and it makes right. me more knowledgeable. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Like if you're going to pour some pride into something, pour it into right. the fact that you can learn from anybody, not yeah. the fact that you think you know anything. Minds are like right. parachutes. They only work when they're open yeah. said someone wise, man, I think it's actually from a song, <laughs> but I don't remember. I, I remember it. Wherever you get wisdom from, it, it, it's, you know, it's there. It's still priceless, right? So I yeah. sit here. I remember when I was a little boot in the Marine Corps, we're doing the uh, bounding and covering. We're like, I'm up. He sees me. I'm down. You know, yeah. pew, 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 pew. I'm up. Yeah. He sees me. I'm down. Pew, pew, pew. And I remember being with my buddies and just being exhausted and being like, this is so stupid. We're going to go and do mount. You know, we're going to fight in cities. There's going to be cover everywhere. Yeah. There's going to be 
you know, we're going to be getting in fights. We, we're never going to ever use this. And then I'll never forget. We're sitting there and we start taking fire and we're in the middle of the stinking desert. <laughs> and they're in the buildings. We're in the desert. And I just remember running and here we go. And we're just, I'm up. He sees me. I'm down. Cover fire. I'm up. And I just remember being like, I come over there. I'm like, I can't believe we're actually doing this. <laughs> you know, buddies, and we all just like, have a laugh and keep fighting but yeah man yeah. i don't have a crystal ball you know that yeah thank no. god i've kept my mind open that's funny. yeah every, everyone says well we'll never do that until we do it right yes. it's it just it is and, and it, you know especially as you grow in your role to, to supervisory or leadership roles you, you want to have a broad base of knowledge that, that you know as things get presented to you you, you want to have um have some knowledge that you can draw upon to at least form a game plan. 100%, you know, because you'll be staring at that client when they ask you some curveball and you're like, um, <laughs> I, um, another question just popped into my mind. I think I should ask you, especially because you have such a huge experience base with putting teams together and things of that nature. What do you look for in a protective agent? Like what traits, you know, do you find to be most attractive and enticing you know I, in my school we talk a lot about resumes and a lot about mm -hmm. intangibles and valuing those things um but what do you what have you been looking for and found value in, in individuals yeah so you know resourceful number one right mm -hmm. you know resourceful and resilient you know can, can you uh first of all resourceful you get wild you know requests sometimes you know you could be in you know anywhere china russia wherever and and you know someone's like hey is there a, a a this burger joint around or you know some hey do you know how to get there so you've got to be able to uh be very resourceful and to get what they need right mm -hmm. or, or try to or or to honestly say you know sir they don't have that here but there's something similar but it, it just you got to be resourceful and i didn't understand that uh, early on, but as I've gotten older and more mature, mature and, and learned, I'm like, okay, gotta be, I, I need that. Especially when I started, you know, supervising and managing people that, that I appreciated those guys. And of course, resilience. Uh, I need people that'll, that'll come back the ne next day when they, they've worked a, you know, 20 hour day and we got to start again the next morning in four hours. Yeah. I need people that can do that day after day after day and, and, you know, kind of bounce back from tough things and, or not get their feelings hurt when, you know, someone, yeah. you know, said, you know, calls you a, a, a unkind word or unkind term, you know, it's like, yeah. you just gotta, hey, That's it doesn't hurt me. Again, like, yeah. 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 No one's bleeding, dude. Just chill out. Yeah. <laughs> You're still getting paid, man. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then again, you know, I've already said passion. I like people that are passionate about this job, you know, mm -hmm. because that will, that will, drive those other things because the passion will make them want to even if they're not very good at things they're so passionate about it, they'll work really hard to to, to do it and mm -hmm. uh just make it happen so those are those yeah. are things I, I look for and get good too that's awesome yeah. i couldn't agree more things people should know about building teams internationally like you know you've dealt with a lot of international operations uh any advice on that yeah so uh <laughs> Uh, things I learned along the way is uh, find a, a, a trusted uh, vendor. So if you don't uh, normally uh, 
if you're not operate like you've got your own resources there find a good vendor that you can trust when uh, historically when i had uh, got on the detail we would travel all over the world with our own protective detail but we would hire uh, drivers right and uh, we had a lot of bad luck with drivers all over the world and sometimes we would just (laughs) yeah we would just have to fire them before the you know the, the protectee got there and it was just it, there was no reach back to get a replacement and and you know it, it was just tough and then i found a trusted vendor um at, through ipsb at a conference and it completely changed the way we did business in, in that space um we had uh, really good reach back because i can tell you that even though i was all over the world i worked for a state police agency and I remember run, getting kind of jammed up for something silly, you know, for, for hotels in China. Yeah. And I had no one to call back to because they're on the different side of the world. You know, I'm 12 hours at this. And, and if I, I could call back the 24 hour number to the higher patrol and go, Hey, this is, you know, Sergeant Jacobs, I'm in Beijing, China. Yeah. And they go, we don't have any highway patrolmen in China. You got the wrong, you just, there was they're no like, figure it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, they wouldn't believe me, but I found a good vendor that had a 24 hour, uh, uh, you know, op center that was a protective, you know, service vendor. And, uh, anytime we had a problem specifically with drivers they could fix it right there. They, they had good relationships and, uh, ultimately we got a better service for a cheaper price and, uh, it it worked out. So that's what I would say is, is get a strong network, um, or tap into a, a, a trusted mentors network, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've built these relationships yes. are very broad based, you can tap into their, hey, you know, who, who do you know that's in, you know, Russia or Ukraine or this or that? And a lot of times that's why I reached out to the tech sector because mm-hmm. they go to all these places that we traditionally had not been going to. And um, yeah, bar- it's, it's, you know, you borrow expertise. Yeah, that's awesome. That's 100% valuable, the network gives you capabilities far beyond what you've earned. Uh, you know, so that's, I mean, that's one of the major benefits of networking because I, I couldn't, I haven't been in this industry long enough to have all those, have all that influence and reach, you know, but fortunately through relationships, which I find to be yeah. one of the most valuable equities in any game, um, yeah. we can get, we can get a lot of amazing things done. That's really good advice. Yeah, and I, I can tell you along that now is probably really some of the best times ever for networking because you've got things like the IPSB, you've got the Protector Symposium, where you yeah, yeah, yeah. where you gather, yeah, exactly, represent. You you draw these people together all in one place, and it's just like, hey, a networking event. You need to make those connections, and you know it can pay dividends. Because the, the way it used to be, you would you would meet people by running into them at events or other details. Or detail, yeah. Right. So so you think like, oh, you know, on, in a year you may run into you know fifty, you know, good operators, right? If you're right. lucky, right? If you're very you know op tempo, but you go to a conference, there's you know three hundred you know people that, yeah, that, three- that that can really you know help you out. Yeah, 300 high quality people that are willing to invest in their careers and themselves yep. and are right. there for the right reasons a lot of times. I um, yep. I think this is why it's one of the staples that I teach at my school is the networking component of it. And I think it's one of the most valuable components too is just, you know, once 
I bring a student in, I stay with them over the course of their career. And I, and I, I don't like to call it mentor them, but I'm uh, like their consultant. Essentially we do zoom meetings every week or every other week, sometimes if I'm in the field and then they have a network already of other working professionals. And like, I barely have to do the heavy lifting. They ask something in a forum and everyone's like, yeah, man, here's 18 different options, 26 different answers. And it's just like, boom, there's your information. Go chew on that, make a decision. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, um, network, it's more powerful than, than a lot of people e- even consider. And even small things. When I, when I, in my new job, I had been there for a couple of months and uh, mm. my boss said, Hey, do you have a connection uh, at, at Harvard? Because we had a, mm. a scientist that, that we come from and they want to do a little, um, just tap into where they came from. And, and I said, well, give me a minute. So I started going through my mental Rolodex, like who do I know that's back in that area? And uh, uh, Jerry Boniello, uh, Boniello who, uh, who who's out there. I met him at IPB, IPSB conference. I, sh- I shot him a, uh, I think a LinkedIn message or whatever. And, and I said, hey man, um, we don't know each other very well, but I was wondering if you got a contact at, at Harvard and Princeton. He goes, sure, here, and sent me two names. And then, you know, uh, Right off the bat, it's like five minutes. I, I was able to share that with my boss. He's like, "Oh, you're amazing!" You know how how, how these things are like ah oh, yeah yeah that's the reason you hired me. And yeah, it's just like that's why I get well, the big bucks, on. three points. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta have a good network, and it'll make you look like a superstar. Uh, and, and it doesn't cost you a whole lot; just a little bit of investment in meeting people. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, that's a good one. How would you describe working as a covert protective agent what were some things that stuck out to you about that experience I know it's something that a lot of guys are into these days yeah yeah so um it's kind of funny uh i as i was studying more and more uh mm-hmm. i realized that um there was an element that we were not as mature as we should be mm-hmm. and it was primarily in surveillance detection and covert protection because it's fairly new at the time it, it, it you know, surveillance detection has been out there for a long time, but the whole covert thing and right. uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of guys that I, I worked around when I, when I say surveillance detection, like ah, I already know that because I do surveillance. Right. Uh, I don't think you really do. If you you know, surveillance and surveillance detection are, are completely different things, and so I, I tried to um, learn all I could. Right, is I want to be educated uh, in, in what I want to try and build in the team. And I remember um, this guy I had met at, at a conference and, and he was, I remember him talking about surveillance detection and covert protection. And I was kind of, uh, you know, apprehensive about reaching out to him because I know him very well. I wasn't really tapped in the network. And yeah. it's funny, I, I saw, no kidding, a Craigslist ad for a surveillance detection agent. And oh no. Like, in Silicon Valley, I'm like, yeah, Craigslist, because I was I was literally doing a Google search for surveillance detection, yeah. and I find this Craigslist ad. So I go, yeah. I will apply. I will apply. So I I, I send in an application. Guy calls me, and you know, in the back of the so who are you? What do you do? And I really goes, I think I met you, and I go, really? And he goes, yeah. Were you in, uh, you, you know, San Antonio? And then I go, yeah. He goes, and then he back and goes, hey man, just come on down and, and meet my boss and all that. Went down, met his boss. And, and he was like, 
why, why are you applying for a job? And I told him, honestly, I said, I, I want to learn this skill set to bring back to my team because mm-hmm. and there's just no training out there I can find. And yeah. he goes, we'll, we'll open the books. We'll tell, we'll show you every part of what we do here. And if you want the job, we'll give it to you, but we'll, you know, tell you everything you want to know. And he did super good guy. He was a director of this, uh, this family office, really ultra high net worth uh, organization. Couldn't be a, a nicer guy and, and open awesome. it up every question I could. I was able to send my, my teams down there to, to look at their operation, to look at how they worked. And then um, ultimately they did offer me a job because I, you know, it's one thing when you're seeing it from the outside, it's different when right. you're kind of boots on the ground. So yeah, I got a, it was a, a side job, a side gig that was a, you know, I was approved to do. So I, I worked um, as a covert protection agent in, in that area for uh, two and a half years. My wife uh, worked there. Actually, she started working there as a surveillance detection agent before I started working there. Yeah, because your wife's uh, in the game too. Yeah. We got to get her on the show. We got to talk, have some yeah. conversations too. Yeah. So she she kind of, you know, uh, makes fun of me sometimes. She's like, you know, I worked there before you did. I know, I know. She's like, don't get it twisted. I got seniority. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't get crazy. Remind me of that. Right. Yeah. But uh, it, super great organization, very forward thinking. It was a combined mm-hmm. covert protection team with also surveillance, full-time surveillance detection agents. Uh, wow. Very, very forward thinking uh, operation. I learned a ton, which I immediately took back uh, to my team and we implemented some things and it really elevated us uh, to, to doing some things that honestly, no one in the government sector was doing some of the things with technology and uh, stuff that no one was doing. Even the Secret Service, wow. I, I, wow. I talked to them about it and you know, they got like, oh, we don't need, yeah, it was basically <laughs> a technological element. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said, ah, we don't really do it. And I go, well, do you need it? This, this, and this. They go, oh, well, yeah, actually, I've never thought about that. But uh, and, oh. and I can tell you, it was all because of um, network and, and the drive to uh, learn more and, and to grow knowledge and, mm-hmm. and, and the help, right? I, I had some, some people help me get there. So. Wow, that's amazing. And that kind of leads into my next question. What do you think the, what were the biggest differences you noticed from the private sector to working uh, and the law enforcement side of protection, you know, on either side of the fence, you know, what were some things you noticed that were different? Any culture <laughs> shock with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there is, there is um, not so much with me per se, yeah. because, you know, I, I got exposed to the private sector while I was still, you know, working as a, as a law enforcement agent. So, so, I, I, I'm by nature fairly low key mm-hmm. and I, I try to keep my mouth shut and my ears open and learn. But, you know, one of the things I, I see a lot and I would hear this all the time is like, hey, we do it differently. You know, you've got a badge that you do all these things. Yeah. You know, we get that. We, we, you know, what you do with your badge, we do we with do $100 social bills. dynamics. And, yeah, yeah, $100 bills. That's yeah, true. Yeah. You got to have a couple yeah. of money. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. And, and that that is kind of true to a certain context depending on mm-hmm. where you you are in the world like in california yeah. if um if we're around and we needed a parking space and we could you know kind of hey we're taking this parking space right but i've also been in other places and uh, i remember i was in munich germany on, mm-hmm. on a, an advance and uh 
we got kind of rolled up by uh, by the, the police there. We were doing an advance of a train station and uh, mainly because the driver we had had, you know, he looked kind of thuggish. He had sleeve tattoos and, oh, man. you know, kind of a high and tight. And, uh, you know, you're kind of suspicious when you're doing an advance at times. Yeah, you got to yeah, keep it kind of. Yeah, yeah, a little low key. I was learning at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to. I, I whipped out. I whipped out my credentials. You know, hey, I'm this and that. They could care less. They're like, <laughs> oh, no, that means nothing. I'm like, okay, so they almost were offended like, that you pulled out your credentials. There. <laughs> yeah, and I was just trying to establish credibility, which didn't right. work at all. But right. then it got into the more of the social game of like, hey, you know, okay. you know, right there being, you know, kind of reducing the uh the, the temperature in the room a little bit and it yeah. worked out but yeah badge didn't 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 mean anything right <laughs> but uh so the social it, dynamics it, had to come into play. yeah yeah exactly and i didn't have a hundred dollar bill not that i would use it that see that you know but, yeah. <laughs> it right? probably would have made it worse yeah but it, but you know that's kind of a um a myth in the private sector how law enforcement does business like oh you just you know mm-hmm. use your badge to to shut things down and it's like mm-hmm. yeah not not so much you know we didn't have the authority to go and take over an entire restaurant and stuff we you know we could uh you, you know get a little bit of uh you know cooperation because of position but i've also seen it where you know wasn't wasn't so friendly yeah especially so, these days i would imagine yeah right yeah, <laughs> i mean you know, nowadays you yeah. just you might not even be looked at as the good guy, depending on what neighborhood you're in. You oh know, yeah, those things yeah. have changed. What um, yeah. And then now breaking into some more of the leadership stuff. What would you say? You know, advice to someone moving into a leadership role on an executive protection detail. Yeah, well, you know, the the the, the kind of the sad part about our current you know training uh, status is that there's not a lot of leadership training that you can look to right uh, you know when you're in the marine corps there were their nco schools they would, they would they would send you to and as you developed at every level um in law enforcement they have you know sergeant schools and managers and command schools but you know in protective service industry this really doesn't have that there's a lot of fundamental training right mm-hmm. but there's not a whole lot of okay how do i be a, a supervisor a detail leader and, and that there there's occasionally you'll have a, 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 a class here and there. And, um, and, and I've worked, you know, I've trained an instructor at EPI where we've interjected some of those things and some other organizations do that, but there's not a lot of it. So what I would say to, um, if I was a new supervisor or manager or, or, or leader is, I, I would definitely seek out a mentor to help me develop in that role and to help me work through problems. And that's, you know, in, in my experience running that detail, because I, I served at all those levels, a, a supervisor, a, a manager, and a commander. And I didn't have, even though we had a, a, a support system for managers, but it was a different type of manager. You know, those are typical patrol you know, leaders. And, and if I said, Hey, you know, I'm really having a problem about, I've got this, you know, eight country European, you know, uh, a trip I've got a plan for, and I've got, you know, half dozen guys and how am I going to supervise them? How am I going to manage them? I, 
they wouldn't be able to advise me, right? So, because right. that's just out of their realm of expertise. It, it, yeah. it's overwhelming because they, they never thought about that. So um, I, I would try and, uh, a lot of it was trial and error. A lot of it was through, because I had educated myself and looked at other details and that. Um, now I would say, hey, find find someone that, that, that you've dealt with to mentor you through these things. And it's gotta be someone that's kind of been there before a little bit because, you could have a really good operator, but they've never had an experience running, you know, a, a lot of bodies and, and, you know, managing things as far as how you're going to, well, you know, the hotels and, and where, where the team's going to be and are, are you going to, are you going to leapfrog countries? And if, yeah. you know, the first team, could they hop to the third country, but, you know, some, yeah. some dynamics you, you got to think, you know, think about, um, it's not rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not rocket science, but it sure helps if you've, uh, you know, been around rockets a little bit. And, and uh, <laughs> all right, well, it's I know kind of how they work and, and that. So that was experiments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you you launched the the you know bottle rockets or the little ST things back, something you know. Yeah. Um, that that was one of the things when. Um, I had started and I still do a, a consulting uh, company basically for that kind of targeting, helping um, supervisors and leadership. Hey, you got a problem. That's just a sounding board. Right. Yes. And uh, in, in more than anything, it, it's people, you know, a lot of times it's people managing people and uh, the egos and, and that, because I had a large team that, um, that I, I would hire people, I had to fire people, mm -hmm. good, good, good people in, in you know, another, another form of uh, our organization that, that, that just didn't work out in protective services or people I liked a lot as a personal friend and um, hired them and they just did not work out. And then back and then going through that internal turmoil to go, man, I got to fire a guy that I went to the, the academy with and, been a, mm. you know, a friend for a long time and they're just not, for this and how do I tell them? And right, it's tough yeah, stuff, man, right? And, and, and then you know, I've got a supervisor who, you know, that that is just not working out. And how do I how do I work? How do I try and fix them? Or how much effort am I going to put into them to go? All right, well, you're not working out either, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Find a leader. Find someone who yeah. has been a good leader. A mentor yeah. and see if you can persuade them to uh help you uh yeah that's that's great stuff that's great advice 100 percent. yeah um, and you and and it's got to be a person that has failed mm, right because if, if it's a person that, that if it's a person that that like you said you got a friend that's good at everything right yeah. i mean he's you know he's got you know 99 successes and one failure mm. I'm looking for the people that have like, man, I've screwed up a lot and I'm still making it happen. I'm still overall, yeah. I'm successful, but you know, I've taken some lumps and um, mm -hmm. so they can share that. Right. Because yes. it's better to, to learn from someone else's failure than experience it, you know, mm -hmm. the same thing. Right. Yeah. And you can only have, um, I feel like you can only really speak with authority to things that you've overcome, you know? Yeah. It's, that's important. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see, what would you say would be the character traits of a good leader in our industry? You know, the, the, uh, 
character first. You, you really, you know, you, you have to have character because you've got to stand up for what's right at times, even though it's not popular. Which is dangerous uh, in our industry sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. in any group of people, because they'll get their pitchforks out and their nooses, they get stoned behind yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, so you, you definitely have to have character because the people that work for you will, because they're always watching you. Angle, yeah. And <laughs> when, uh, when you have that, uh, you know, crack in your character or, or, or just it's not your best day, it's getting observed. And, uh, and when you turn around and, and try and, you know, hold people accountable, it will come up, right? That or, like, yeah. hey, well, you know what? It's interesting that you're you're trying to hold me accountable today, but I remember seven <laughs> or eight one time, you know, <laughs> months ago that you did the exact same thing, and you have mm. to go. You know, you're absolutely right. That was not a that was uh, not my best day, and uh, and I, I'm I'm dealing with it. And uh, this time wasn't your best day either. And we've got to we've got to deal with that. So mm -hmm. so character uh, counts, um, and then also caring because. Um, if you care about the people you work with, uh, alongside and for, then that also shows because then you can get that cooperation, right? That, that mm -hmm. what needs to get done. That that hey, I care about you. Um, you're you're working yourself too hard. Or you're you're not working at the level we expect, and I want to make you get better. How can I help you uh, achieve that? Is it through training? Is there something you don't understand? Is there some you know do you need help um yeah th those are things you know character and caring and then you can build a a relationship with that person to uh, achieve you know the goals that you need to achieve that's awesome it's great advice developing leadership potential the iq plus ei uh equation can you break that down for us yeah quick? yeah so yeah, so uh, I do my best thinking when I'm in the shower, uh, yeah. for whatever reason, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in there cleaning up the day and, and things pop into my mind. And then I came up with this leadership equation. And it really is kind of what I broke it down into the parts of, of uh, increasing your leadership quotient. That's the LQ at the end. So it, it, it goes off with, with, you know, EI plus IQ times uh, EXP experience, right? Uh, so the, the, the way I look at LQ. that, the, yeah, it equals your LQ. So, so the first thing I look at is, you know, EI, your emotional intelligence. That's all your, you, you know, your soft skills really, where, you, you know, what type of person you are. Those are your people skills. And it's a lot of times, you know, we look at people like, oh man, that, that such a good, good dude as, as like Chris story, you know, you guys mentioned like yeah, oh, good a, dude, good credit, dude, man. Yeah. Right? Good dude. Equity. Good dude. It's important stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so that kind of fits into there. And we think about people like, Oh man, that, that guy is just a good dude. He can, he really knows how to talk to people. He could, he could sell, you know, icicle ice cubes, to Eskimos, like all, mm. all these kind of things. He, he knows who he is. He's got the self-control. Right. All those things that, that that kind of fits into your soft skills, right? Uh, of mm -hmm. what type of person character falls in, in there, right? 
So, so that's really important. And then the IQ is not necessarily how smart you are, but that, that's part of it. But it's also what you know, right? How, how you know, have you gone to, you know, protection schools? What is your knowledge base? Have you conferences? Just what is your uh, knowledge in protective services? So that's the first things that in that little equation that I have is like, hey, are you really knowledgeable about protective services in that? What, what are your people skills, the social stuff? So you add those two together, right? And that comes up with, okay, that's, that's kind of pretty good, right? And then right. the big multiplier is the XP, experience. Yes. You add, you, you add those two things together and you multiply that by experience, then you can have leadership quotient because you, you think about, uh, you know, those, those, those things is like, man, guy is great, right? He's, he's a good dude. That's the, mm -hmm. the, the social skills. Really, you know, you can talk to people, all those things. The, the second part, smart. God, man, that guy is really, we respect he's these sharp. things, right? It's like, right. yeah, exactly. He is so sharp. He knows everything about protective services. Right. And every, you know, he's, he's he, you know, he knows all the things. But the, but the downside to it is, if you look at it, it's like, hey, he's got the gift of gab, or he's a great, great dude, but he doesn't know much about protective services. Or he knows a, a ton about protective services, but he, he's kind of rough around the edges. He's not a good you know, social player, but you put those together and you're like, wow, good dude, reads a lot, been to all the schools, but that third factor is experience. You, you would respect those first two things. It's but all theory like, until you got the experience. It's all theory, exactly, <laughs> experience. That's why experience is a multiplier. Yes. You put those those two factors and you multiply that by experience, like, man, that, that guy is smart. He's a good dude. He knows all these things and he's been there, done that, all those places. Then you have that, that increases you, your leadership potential, that leadership quotient. I'm not saying that you have those things, you will be a leader, but if you're high in those factors, you will be looked at as a leader because even though you, you don't think of yourself a leader, yeah. all those factors are things that, that you and I and other people respect and they will listen to you. Even if you're not in a leadership role, they'll go, Hey, what do you think? Well, well, hey, let's listen to Byron because, man, that guy is all, you know, these things, right? That's so good. Yeah. Uh, that... and, and, and then I evaluate people when they tell me, you know, hey, I want to grow in leadership. I'll, I'll <clears throat> look at those factors and I'll go, well, okay, you've been to the training. You've got a lot of experience. This is the factor you need to work on. You need to work on your social intelligence you're you're you know or you know but so i'll look on all those things right it's like one of those three factors if you focus on it may just be more experience you're doing all the right things just more experience but that's how i kind of broke it down in, into just three that's, simple things that's awesome it's true it's one of those truths you hear and you're like that is exactly what that is <laughs> you know yeah. and because it's like you get to a certain level and it's like everyone's you know, somewhat smart, but the emotional capabilities that people yeah. have uh, or don't have get them knocked out of the game. Or you yeah. get a guy that's like a really good dude and you're like, hey man, I really like this guy, but like he's making technical errors, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I can teach someone, I've had to do both actually. I've had to teach someone the emotional uh, component, like, hey, look, this is one of the things I focus on in my curriculum is just managing expectations and you know, uh, clearing out the ideas you may have about what you're about to do yeah. in this industry, and yeah. helping you understand what you're really going to really probably be doing. Yeah. Um, but to understand, you know, 
have both of those components be interlocked and then supercharging it with with experiences really because that's you know the your 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 experience is something that really crystallizes right. and proves yeah. these these theories and all these things that's awesome yeah yeah that's yeah so so yeah i i that's uh that i have a little hour block on that equation yeah. that, that i've taught at epi a, a few mm -hmm. times and you know in, in a lot of people, you know, they're sharp people. They'll go to some EP school and they're like, man, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to be, you know, the Killer. top of the game. And I go, you know what you, you, that last factor is what you have. That's experience. I said, you know, you have the, you have, you know, West Point and Naval Academy and all these things. They are literally leadership factories, but right. you know what they, they graduate first lieutenants or second lieutenant, excuse me. They don't graduate generals. Right. right. But through experience, they grow into you know these these great leaders yeah that's true you know? and or you get the guys that have all the creds in the world that are like way cooler than you and sexier yeah. than you and more you know ba and have the tactically yeah. background and then they get on the job yeah. and they're like i can't and they're just like i can't do this i hate this like i had to go and get a coffee the other day or whatever it is yeah. you know like i had oh, to yeah. put a car seat in the car i don't put car seats in the car I'm like yeah well probably it's about yeah. my friend right okay. <laughs> I, I i've had a ton of guys ton of guys I work with I mean just you know tactical guys on the job yeah. like man how did you do that job I mean I, I, I could never do it I don't want to kiss people's asses and I'm like, yeah, it's like well it's it's really not kissing ass I mean it's you yeah. know it's a pretty service. much like yeah exactly you know I mean it kind of <laughs> says it on the side of our cars it says you know safety services security it's pretty much right there i'm just doing it to, how did you miss that yeah. you know yeah i just condensed that mission of the entire department down to just a, a handful of people that you know does it so that's awesome no, that's such invaluable invaluable information hardest lesson you've learned in the field the hardest lesson i i i've learned is uh you need to address a problem early because uh. if if you don't it's it's like cancer. If if you don't get that first little bit out, you're it's gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I I learned it very hard. I I let some uh, uh, I let some people continue to develop down a road that uh, for whatever reason at that time I was not uh, smart enough or strong enough to address that problem, and uh, and it and it just grew and grew until it, it just was baby bad dragon. yeah yeah kill the yeah. baby dragon and go to its lair and yeah. kill the baby dragon like uh, yep. what's his right now Peterson right. says man go kill that thing yeah. right now <laughs> yep yeah exactly i i mean you know you look about like, hey regrets and things and and you know i, I lost good people from my mm -hmm. team because i let i let other situations just develop and develop till it ran them out i'm like mm, that was that was uh bad leadership on my part mm-hmm and um, now I, you know, because of that, now like now I'm gonna draw. I, I will never let that happen again. Right, right. No, yep. I dig it. Proudest moment you've had in the game, and then we're into the closing questions. <laughs> you know the the, the proudest moment uh, I had was uh, there, there was uh, an officer I worked with. He's still on the detail that I was really trying to forcefully mentor him into oh. developing because he was a good dude. Yeah, he was a good he dude. He wanted to succeed. And he wanted it more than he yeah. wanted it, maybe even. Right? 
And I was trying to, inc- you know, and he'd been on uh, the Schwarzenegger detail uh, when it was the governor. So he'd been around for a while. He had that level. And, and, uh, yeah. And so he'd done some really awesome things. And I was trying to get him to develop, to open his eyes like, hey, you are operating at high level, but but your cup is only half full. And he was thinking his his cup was filled to the brim. Yeah. And, and I said, <laughs> You know what? It can't be because anything else you add on is going to pour over the sides. You've got to look at that half full thing. So it took me a long time to to try and you know get through to him and break him down and and uh, and I remember he, made, he he knows my wife and uh, he he came to pick me up at, from a detail one time and my wife was there and, and he goes, yeah, your your husband kept asking me what my five year plan was all the time. What's my five year plan and all these discussions and so. By the time I was done, after it was actually seven years of that, he he had embraced other training, going to outside training. He started going to IPSB, and, and literally at the last IPSB conference, he was on the stage talking and, and part of a panel group. And at that moment, I was very extremely proud because I had a large team, over 20 people. I tried wow. to get every person you know, at this thing. And I, I really only, I think, broke through to that one person, wow. or at least that I could see. I'm sure I affected some people, both positive and negative. But I sat in the uh, in the audience and, and heard him talk about his experience and what he was doing, specifically ar- around church security and some things. And uh, I was proud. I, w- I was beaming because even though I was at that time, I was no longer his... Uh, in his chain of command, I could sit there and go, I just, he, he, he drank the Kool-Aid and yeah. uh, he's, he's going to give that Kool-Aid to more people. And all it was, all, yeah, all I want to do is go, Hey, learn more, never cease to learn. If you're passionate about protective services and doing this job, you've got to be a professional and you, you got to continue to learn and never stop. And yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Out of, out of everything I did, every cool, you know, cool guy stuff that as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm still like, man, so proud of that. Yeah. That meant the world. And that's just totally some full circle stuff, man, because you were, you served him, you know, and then you, you saw the fruit of that service and it ends up being one of the most, it's priceless. What happens when you see the fruit of that service? It's like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he listens to your podcast. So, so I know he's going to hear it, you know, his his name's, yeah, his name's Bill Thompson. He's a uh, former Marine. uh, So, which is also kind of interesting that, uh, that he was able to sink through because Marines, you know, get that hard head, but he's, uh, it it must've got through to him. So yeah. Yeah. Semper Fi to you guys. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Semper Fi. Raw. Um, I love it. That's good stuff, man. That's awesome. And I feel the same way anytime I see any, like anyone, any one of my, you know, uh, I don't want to say students, but any of my patrons do good. I'm like, boom. Like, it's like, golly, like, like, it's like, it's like too bright. It's like, you know what? Like just having anything at all to do with that. They did the work, but having anything at all to do with helping somebody achieve their dreams in life is like, that stuff puts gas in the tank you know yeah, it's meaningful even if it's just a small bit right yeah i just helped out it. a little bit right yep. then, then you go yeah you made it it's awesome right 100 
on a thousand percent. What would you say? Uh, okay. Who do you nominate? Is a new question I've been asking. Do you have anyone in the industry that you that you would like to point me towards or nominate or connect me with to, to help share some knowledge? Uh, man, there's so many good good people out there, men yeah. and women. And, and you've already, you know, uh, you've you've <laughs> talked to a bunch of them already. But there there's a, a lot more out there. There's a guy, and I don't know if he would if he would come on and, and speak. But there's there's a guy up here named uh, Mike Spearman. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Mike uh, has been oh, yeah, yeah. He's been around. He's been in the game for a while. Oh yeah. Done done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Celebrity, you know. Just he's a, he's a good good guy. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. All right. Good to get. He's a good guy. He's, you know, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy to talk to, if you will. Yeah, and, I actually, uh, I bugged him about that. We were talking like a month or so ago on some trying to get some stuff done here and there. And I was like, hey, you know, and he said he would. So I got to follow up. He's another one I got to follow yeah. up and be like, hey, let's do this thing, man. I just put a date out there and start kicking it around because these dates in yeah. the industry be moving around. But um yeah. good 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 yeah so he's on the he's on the itinerary that's outstanding i'm yeah. sure this will get back to him you know he's funny yeah too. well he's i'm gonna funny guy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's clowning yeah. on me like like we're brothers i'm like it's cool yeah. i appreciate it yeah, yeah. So. um and he helped me out already and with a few things man yeah good definitely oh yeah good. He, he's um, he's a guy that's got a guy right that, mm -hmm. that, uh, he's got a guy for everything I, yeah, I, I've reached out to him and, and just go, hey, I need this. He goes, hey, I got it. No problem. This is this is yep. it. And, um, and, and uh, he knows he can do the same thing for me. I, I don't got all the guys he does, but if there's something I can help out with or anyone, you know, I want to I want to help him, you know, because I believe in karma. And uh, the more people you help, the more people you serve, then, then it's going to make, uh, you know, everything uh, uh, just a better place. 100%, 100, it comes around. Um, and that's how actually I was on the phone with him is we were doing the same thing. Like, hey, you got a guy? And he's like, you got a guy? And I'm like, yeah, we got a guy. He's like, I got you. I'm like, this is the way the world's supposed to work. Yeah. What, um, this one, this one, one of my favorite questions, but when I ask it, yeah. people, you know, it disappears. Uh, favorite quote, mantra, saying. Yeah, that, that uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Caleb Gilbert loves to, you know, say, you know, fail often to succeed sooner. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I love that. I mean, but Caleb's already said that on your show and, <laughs> and that, you, you know, my, what, I, what I say is uh, a lot, and I don't know where it came from, but I say, you know, even a, a ship adrift is going somewhere. So, yes. <laughs> yes. That, that is, uh, I, I think about that because a, a lot of people are, are, are kind of, you know, especially now in, where we're kind of are in the country and in COVID, mm -hmm. that people can kind of feel lost oh, yeah. uh, or, or directionless or that. And, and it's one of those things that now you're going somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you just uh, you figure out where you're going and, and be prepared for it and, and, um, and maybe try and take the lead and uh, take charge of that direction, you know? And then if, if you want to, uh, if you want to go somewhere in life with that, then, then make a course correction, you know? Outstanding. A ship adrift is going somewhere. Jeez, I yeah. take that real quick. How would you like to be remembered? Oh, 
well i'd like to be remembered as a good dude right you know yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. right i hope i remembered as someone who who um who cared right that that um you know hey yeah after i'm long gone they, they can go yeah he was a good dude he, re he really cared uh, about what he, you know the people he worked with and um and helping people so yeah and that, that i'd be i'd be super happy with that like hey and he, he he was a good dude he cared yeah absolutely those people are rare they're hard to find these days you know that's that's uh, a huge intangible is to actually care about people care about anyone outside yourself um yeah a habit that makes you a better person or a better protector that people should maybe entertain never be you know really never be satisfied that's a mm. that's a good habit and, and I, i've been accused uh you know where, where you know a, a guy tells like oh you're you're a perfectionist I'm like you, you know i'm really not a perfectionist i just know that we all have room to grow and i'm just yes. never satisfied with where i'm at you know because I, I know there there you know i can be a better better me better friend better husband better right. you know, protector you know i just know there's um i'm just not going to be satisfied never be satisfied 100 percent. yeah no i dig that that's a really good habit i i yeah i have that one in spades that <laughs> that's good stuff um so what are you up to these days and where can people find you sir you know what uh uh the best way to find me is on linkedin just you know connect me with me on LinkedIn. I put out some, um, you know, thoughts on there occasionally, and I, and I certainly like to uh, help people out, right? So that's, that's really the, the best way. Reach out, uh, connect. If I can help you, I'd be more than happy to uh, share information. Uh, occasionally, if you're out at EPI, I may be there uh, teaching a class at NIN. Um, if not, I'm just going to try and uh, make it through this world and be the uh, the best I can can be. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's been an honor to spread to, to share this time with you. This episode is jammed packed with good content. Like this is one of those I get done with and I'm like, these guys are getting a service just with the, the knowledge and wisdom that you're dispensing from your experience, you know, and, and uh, the intangibles that you've cultivated over your journey of maintaining that student mindset and keeping the cup half empty and all that stuff. So I just yeah. want to honor you for that, sir. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Oh man. Th thank you. I mean, honestly, we're, we're sharing knowledge uh, back and forth. You're, you're making me think and, and, and articulate uh, ideas and it just helps me grow and be better. So I, it, the pleasure is really all mine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I look forward to the next time our paths cross her. Yeah, me too. All right. Got it. Um, boom. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what 
helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know, I got a shout out to the sponsors. Starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Gray Man and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Ballistic Theory. You're going to start seeing a lot of stuff with me in Ballistic Theory because they got good ammo for good prices. Use Byron for my discount with those guys as well. Last but not least, Executive Protection Institute. Hey, go check them out and get your executive protection education on. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. Out.